welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Pray with me. Father, before we go any further, we're asking for further revelation in this area of healing, staying healthy, living above sickness, living free from disease. We know it's possible because your word tells us it is. So we're asking for revelation, things maybe we've never even seen before, or an expounding on what we have heard. We know, Father, you want your kids healthy and strong, and you want us in a place where sickness and disease cannot hold us down anymore. We know we don't know it all, so pour it on, Lord. Show us things we need to see. Grant us revelation knowledge that the Father God only can reveal. We believe you for it. It'll change our lives. In Jesus' name, it's happening. Amen. All right. How many of you were not here last Wednesday? Raise your hand. How many of you were not here? Okay. Um, Good. Most of you are here. I would highly suggest, if you were not here to go on our internet, go on our website, faithheights.org, and listen or watch the archive of last Wednesday. I believe it's entitled Staying Healthy. We talked about natural lifestyles that promote health and how you got to watch out about violating even natural laws if you want to live in divine health. There are natural laws, there are, there are physical laws that if we don't abide by, no matter how many prayers we pray, no matter how, how, no matter how many scriptures we quote, no matter how much rebuke the devil, you cannot jump off a three-story building quoting protection scriptures. You will get hurt. Quoting scriptures is great. Praying prayers is wonderful. But you can't be quoting scriptures and praying prayers and at the same time violating natural laws and expect to have a wonderfully blessed, healthy, prosperous life. How many know you got to stay away from certain wires that are hooked up to power? Huh? And you can't quote protection scriptures and just be foolish and touch those wires. Well, God's my protector. Actually, it gets in the area of tempting the Lord. Jesus was tempted by the devil to jump off the pinnacle of the temple, and the devil quoted scripture to Jesus and said, Jesus, go ahead and jump. Is it not written, your angels will give charge over you to keep you in all your ways? I mean, sometimes the devil will quote scripture to you. You better know more scripture than the devil because he'll try to bind you with scriptures out of context. This is why it's so imperative, so important to read your one chapter every day. Monday through Friday. We do that as a church family. You can go on the website, find out where we are. We have bookmarks, I think, in the information center, the meet and greet room. Please join us. Was it, today was Colossians 4. Yep. And then tomorrow will be 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Guys, you got to read your chapter. You, you don't know how powerful this is for your life. You, you'll be feeding on something that someday you're going to need. And if you didn't have it in you, it can't come out of you. Get the Word of God in you. Read. I like reading as a family because it keeps us all in one accord. You may be five miles away or ten miles away, but we're all sensing the same thing spiritually because we just read the same thing. It promotes unity. Plus, when you read your chapter, everybody say, I. I'm going to read my chapter. <laughs> and since we're not liars, it's happening. Read it out loud. 
so you can hear yourself reading the Word of God. Don't speed read it. Well, I better hurry up and do this. That's not delighting, like we just read. Don't speed read your text. Please don't underestimate the power of this. Do you know how many lives have been saved because they just did this one simple thing? When the storm came, they were ready. When the, when the temptation came, they overcome. When, it, when a, a decision had to be made, they remembered Scripture, something came out of them. If it ain't in you, it can't come out of you. Put God's Word in you when you don't need it. And it'll be there when you do. Are you following me? Read the Bible when you don't need it. And then the power will be in there when you do. Not if, when you need it. Because everybody's going to need the Word of God for you, your children, your, your family, somebody else. So, all right. So, go with me to John 5. And I want to talk some more about staying healthy. It's one thing to be healed. It's another thing to stay healthy from that thing, healed from that thing and healthy for the rest of your life. I don't know if you've experienced this. If you haven't, maybe you just haven't been around long enough, the word of faith. But there is such a thing as getting healed and then a counterattack coming later and losing your healing. And if you're not taught to know what to do when that counterattack comes, you probably won't know how to stay healed and stay healthy because there's some things you got to know. The Bible says, hold fast to that which you have from the Lord. Why would you say that if there wasn't a chance it would be knocked out of your life? Anybody like being healed? It's wonderful, but there's something better. Never getting sick. Is it possible? How many of you like to find out some more details about this so we can make a few more adjustments and actually live free from sickness and disease? I know this is... This is Totally, not. The world doesn't believe this way. Most Christians don't believe this way. But it's in the Bible. One of the things you have to watch about being conformed to in your mind is everybody gets sick once in a while. Says who? Well, the majority of the people, Pastor. Yeah, and broad is the way to destruction. And many are going down that road. It's only few that find the way to life. It's narrow, it's straight. And you just, you have to kind of get your mind out of this world system for a while and realize, you know what? We can walk free from disease. It can, and there's miracles for people too. You don't have to be perfect to receive them. You just got to know about them and believe them. Act like a child. Thank you, Lord. Take it in your life. So, in John chapter 5... I wanted to read this to you again. In verse 14, Jesus just healed a guy. And the, the inclination is the guy got sick because of something in his lifestyle that needed corrected. And the good news about this verse here, even if you are sick because of something in your lifestyle, and that's not all sickness, but if you are sick because of something in your lifestyle, the Lord wants to heal you, and He will. But He also wants you to stay healed. So he might want to talk to you a little bit about your lifestyle after he heals you. Can I get a witness? Yes. Afterward, Jesus found the man in the temple. He just healed this guy of a terrible disease. And Jesus said to this guy, behold, you're made whole. You were healed. Jesus healed him. And then he said, sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto you. So at times... It's not just prayer that fixes everything forever. Sometimes you got to stop what caused the problem in the first place so that after you get healed, it don't come back or worse. 
right? And I, I don't know, he, he may not be talking about some terrible, lustful sin here. There's just sometimes tweaks needed to be made in our life so something that hurt us at first doesn't hurt us anymore. I know last week we talked a lot about violating natural laws of diet, and it was fun. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a great message. I felt like the Lord blessed us huge last week. I said some things I don't know if I've ever said before. But there's laws, and, and just like gravity is a law, you, you can't violate that law and pray that nothing bad happens to you. Something bad will happen if you keep violating natural laws. God put these natural laws into existence, and you've got to watch out about violating them. I think, we should, I think people need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit a little bit more in these what we call smaller areas, because a lot of these little things don't happen uh, immediately. They build up over time. You know what I mean? And that since you eat three meals a day, every day of your life, and probably some snacks in between, you probably better be a little cautious about what you're putting in your body for that long of a period of time, over and over and over and over, year after year after year, because it'll, it'll do something to you, good or bad, depending on what you're eating, and what you're putting on your body. All the chemicals and everything. Just, just be led, do a little research, don't go crazy, but have some common sense and be led by the Spirit. Exercise is a big deal. The Bible says bodily exercise profits for a little time. That little time is while we're on the earth. Exercise is good for us. Yes. <laughs> and everybody's flesh said, Amen. <laughs> now, what happens if you go against the laws of nutrition? Answer. You'll experience negative results and it won't be El Diablo. It won't be the devil. Say this. All problems are not the devil. This is an important word. Um, you don't just want to be healed. You want to stop things from coming back if that's the case. Right? Didn't we talk about last week? Um, filling the bathtub with water can't take the place of plugging the drain. Right? And no matter how much goodness comes into our life, if it's leaking out somewhere or we're allowing other things to come in that need to be stopped, then we're going to need more than a prayer. This scripture that we just read here said, Jesus admonished the guy, now listen, you've been healed, you've been made whole, now go your way and don't sin anymore. He must have been having a problem in some area. Lest something else worse come upon you. So what's the Lord doing? Helping the guy. Yeah. Telling him, listen, if you want to stay free, make some lifestyle adjustments. Repent of something. Stop something. Maybe it was a sin of omission. Maybe he wasn't doing good he knew to do. Start doing that good. So if he didn't change his lifestyle, he would have been in worse shape. Prayer can't fix lifestyle adjustments. Rebuking the devil can't fix what you need to stop letting in. Confessing scriptures can fix what only taking care of your body can fix. Confessing scriptures can't fix what only taking care of your body can fix. All right, um... Turn to this scripture, 1 Timothy 5. We're going to go here, and we're going to get into something different tonight after this. But 1 Timothy 5, I just wanted to show you that there is a scripture in the New Testament that talks about being cautious at times what goes in your mouth because it can affect your health. 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 23. Paul's talking to Timothy. And Paul said, Drink no longer water, Timothy, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your often infirmities. Now, right here, it's interesting to me that Paul didn't say, Hey, Timothy, you know that stomach problem you got? Let's just pray again, man. Let's rebuke that thing. Just confess some more healing scriptures. Come on, man. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. 
Interesting he didn't say that in this scripture. He said, no, the answer to this one right here is stop drinking that bad water and use a little, everybody say little. <laughs> little wine for your stomach's sake and your often infirmities. So this was a lifestyle adjustment that brought relief from stomach problems, not just another prayer. Hmm. I know it'd be really great if prayer just fixed everything forever. Pastor, just pray for me so I can go back to my life of eating five Snicker bars a day and drinking two six-packs of Coke. And No, no, if you really want to be free, you're going to have to analyze maybe what's contributing to the problems in the body. So I thought that was interesting. He didn't say just confess more healing scriptures. We believe in confessing healing scriptures. Come on, we're probably the number one church in this town that believes that. We've been persecuted for it. That name it, claim it bunch. Oh, that... Confess it, possess it bunch. Well, they don't realize it, but they're mocking Jesus and they're mocking how you get saved. Because the Bible says with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I know you can go too far and everything, but a lot of people, they don't realize it, but they're talking against things Jesus teach, taught, teached. You like that word? Good confessions are good, but they can't take the place of wrong things going into your body. Um, I know we talked last week about um, how Jesus never healed anybody of cancer that I can find. And I think number one reason is because there wasn't a lot of cancer in Jesus' day. And I think one of the reasons there wasn't because there wasn't a lot of preservatives and dyes and processed foods and all this and all that. And so if you, if you have any problem with praying over your food, overcome that problem immediately. Turn to Exodus chapter 23. Um, I don't think there was a lot of cancer back in Jesus' day, and, and I think we have to just, and, and listen, listen very closely. Um, you don't want to go crazy with this health food thing because that's not the only thing that's going to keep you healthy. You've got to claim divine protection. You've got to rebuke some things beyond the physical that you can see. But at the same time, you know, just be a little cautious about what you keep dumping in your body day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I mean, if, there, if there's proven results of certain things causing cancer, you might just want to stay away from that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so look at Exodus 23. I want you to notice verse 25. Exodus 23, 25. Now, this is the Lord talking to God's servants, Israel, under the Old Testament. If this is good for his servants, how many know it's really good for his sons under the New Testament? And you shall serve the Lord your God. Any benefits to serving the Lord your God? What's one of them? He shall bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I pray this over our food every time we pray. I say, Father, thank you for blessing our food and our drink. What does that mean? You got to get out of the zone that all blessing is when somebody sneezes, you go, God bless you. That is so cheap. Such a cheapening of God's real powerful blessing. Blessing is life saving. It's the opposite of curse. It's powerful and it can save your life. It comes in many forms and it's the power of God to help us in this earth. And when he says, I'll bless your bread and your water, 
I was talking to Carla about this just the other day. I think it was yesterday. And we're talking about how when you pray a blessing over your food, and if you're a servant of the Lord, and not perfect, just somebody whose heart's after God doing what you believe He wants you to do. He said He'd bless your food and your drink. And 1 Timothy, New Testament says that every creature or creation, everything that God's created is good. Nothing to be refused if. Everybody say if. It's good for you if it be received with thanksgiving. For it's sanctified by the word of God like this in prayer. So I want to encourage you, if you don't pray over your food, pray this scripture over your food. Father, just say it right there, wherever you are. Thank you for blessing my food and my drink and taking sickness away from the midst of me. That's important stuff. I'm telling you, it's, it does. Oh, who knows where the food poisoning is, right? Who, who knows where all these diseases are and who sneezed in the, the soup in the back kitchen or whatever. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you need to pray over your food. Plus, just the stuff floating around in the air. And I, I, I thought, you know, I thought this is really cool because um, if there's something wrong with the food, the blessing takes that away. But the Lord showed me this. Even if there's nothing wrong with the food, his blessing on the food now causes that food to have healing power in it. Not just I won't get sick, but I can get healed through eating. There's times I have eaten after I prayed for my food and I didn't feel like eating and I knew I needed to. And I prayed, Lord, I thank you for blessing this food and drink. And when I ate it, I, I pictured healing power going all through my body because this scripture right here. Not only will it keep you protected from bad food, it'll make good food healing food. Do you see that? Because the next, the next phrase is, I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. That's eating food and a sickness leaving you because the food was blessed. Think about that. He's talking about eating food and after you eat it because of the blessing on the food, you're no longer sick. So it didn't just protect you from getting sick, it healed you if you were sick. Claim it, church. I encourage you, pray. Give thanks for your food. Pray over your food. Declare this food. I talk to my food. Jesus, when he lifted up the bread, he blessed it. He blessed it. Jesus blessed the bread and then he broke it and gave it to the disciples. They gave it to the multitudes and a miracle happened. The multiplication of the loaves and fish. There's times I just look at my food and say, hot dog, you're blessed. <laughs> Takes a little more faith to bless a hot dog because of all the weird stuff in it. Steak, you're blessed. Potatoes, you're blessed. What am I doing? I'm doing what Jesus did. He blessed it. I'm blessing it. We're supposed to follow him, right? Sometimes you just need to look at your food and your drink and say, I, I bless you. You have the power to do that. Sometimes it can mean the difference between food poisoning or not food poisoning. Now, turn to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And I've only got a little bit of time tonight because we're going to take communion as well, which is great. But I want to get into something here that I think will really bless you. Now, I want to talk a little bit about spiritual lifestyles that promote health. We know there's natural lifestyles that have something to do with living in health. But now I want to talk a little bit about spiritual lifestyles. Everybody say lifestyle. I know we all want everything to be fixed through one prayer. Some things are, but not everything is. Sometimes you're just going to have to ask yourself, how am I living? How am I thinking? What do I love? 
What are my priorities? These are important things. Because not everything can be fixed through a prayer. I know one time I was um, preaching and, and this, we were talking about how you can't get through prayer what only God's Word can fix. And we believe in prayer. Look at Psalm 91. Here's a psalm that talks about never getting sick. And it's a real word to us. You ready? Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwells or lives in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Dwell means live. So the rest of this psalm has to do with how you are living your life, not just coming to the Lord when you need something. The rest of this psalm is talking about a way of life in a place that we've decided to take up residence in every day of our life. More of, a, more of an inward secret place means not everybody knows about this. Sickness and disease doesn't know about this place. And you'll see that in the next few verses. How many want to live in a place where sickness and disease doesn't know where you are? Anybody want to live in a place where disease and plagues don't know where you are? Coronavirus, whatever. Looking for you and can't find you because you're in a secret place? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. You better be saying some things if you want His protection. I will say of the Lord, I say this a lot, Lord, you're my protector. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God. In you I trust. In this area of protection. Surely, if you're, if you're living in the place God wants you to live, and you're saying He's your protector, surely... He'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Everybody say, surely. surely. He, God, shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall trust. His truth will be your shield and your buckler. And Jesus said, Father, your word is truth. So God's word is our shield and buckler. That's why the devil tries to get you not wanting to read the Bible because he doesn't want you protected. Verse 5. If you dwell in the secret place and you say of the Lord, He's your refuge, refuge there sh you shall not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flies by day. Terrorism won't get to you. Nor for the pestilence. Interesting. Epidemics. That's what it says in my cross-reference. The pestilence or the epidemics that walk in darkness won't get to you. And the destruction that wastes at noonday, it won't get to you. A thousand people all around you may be falling, and ten thousand may be falling at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Right. Only with your eyes you'll behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. Have you made the Lord your refuge? Have you made the Most High your habitation? You know, you're not just visiting the Lord and in the midst of you doing your own thing, but you've actually learned to live with Him? Next verse. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. What's that called? That's called health. One step above healing. It's called protection. 
No evil, say this, no evil shall befall me, nor any plague come near my dwelling. It might try. No, you don't have to say that. It, it, it might try, and you might feel something, but you can stand against it before it runs its course. You can say, get out. You can say, no. I think believers need to be a little stronger in faith and a little stronger spiritually because it's going to take some strength to rebuke some of these things and it's going to take some boldness to rebuke some of these things. It may try to come against you, but you need to rise up and say, no, evil shall befall me. Nor any plague come near my dwelling. We found out that saying is important in Sari, right? No, the Lord is my refuge. No, 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 no. In verse 11, it says, He will give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. The angels will bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. How many of you believe these scriptures? See, if, if you believe them, that's when they work for you. Yes. Knowing them is great, but you've got to get to the point where you're leaning on them and believing them and not ashamed to say, these things are for me. Yes. Say, Pastor, I don't know anybody that's walking in this. Well, be the first one you know then. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder. These are figurative of demon powers and darkness and all kinds of fear and depression. And the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet. This is not something God does for you. You've got to learn your authority in Jesus' name. Because he set his love upon me, God said, therefore will I deliver him. I'll set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. Now notice, I'll be with him in trouble. And that's wonderful, but there is more. I will deliver him. From the trouble. You get what you believe for. Not just what's available. Believe the first part. He's with you in trouble. But if you want the second part, believe he will deliver you from the trouble. Just wax bold and say, he's going to deliver me from the trouble. He'll call upon me and I will deliver him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And not once did this scripture say you had to be perfect to get these things. Isn't that glorious? But you do need to live a certain way and in a certain place. And I want to show you where that is in the remaining time. Go to 1 John 4. Anybody want to know what the secret place is? Look at 1 John. I, I, if, if it was just being born again, then there wouldn't be any sick Christians just because they're born again. It has to be something a little bit more than just being born again. Sure, it's quiet in here. <laughs> if it was just being born again as how you dwell in the secret place, then there'd be no sick people after they accepted Jesus as Lord, and that's not been the case. There's a lot of Christians that have been sick. I've struggled with it. You've struggled with it. So it must be a little bit more than just being born again as dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Are you ready, church? This is going to be really good here. 1 John 4. I want you to find this, please, out of the New International Version. If you could, and I'll give you a second to do that. We're going to read 1 John 4, 16. And I want to read it out of the New International, NIV. And I will, um, thank you. And so the scripture says, So we know and rely on the love God has for us. How many of you are relying on the love God has for you? I mean, leaning on it. God is love. Now notice, whoever lives, or could we say dwelleth, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, dwelleth means lives. Whoever lives or dwells in love lives in God and God in them. So 
sickness cannot get to God. And if you're in God because of where you're living, it can't get to you. Where's the secret place? Walking in love. Walking, everybody say, walking in love. Walking in the God kind of love that's already been poured out in your heart if you're a Christian by the Holy Spirit that's been given you. You have the love of God. And if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have God's love in you. You may not be yielding to it. You may not even know it's in there, but it's there. And if you'll stop and slow down in the thoroughfares of life and remember in a confrontating situation or whatever that the love of God is in you and you yield to that love, that love is so powerful when you choose to walk in love, there's no way some of these things can even get to you. You'll find out that if, you're wa- if the whole church started walking in love, there'd be nobody in the church to pray for for healing. We'd have to go outside these four walls to pray for people to be healed. Walking in love is walking in God. You see, people don't realize this, but walking in love has a lot to do with being healed and healthy. Very important. I... Um, I've been doing some study on this recently, um, and I want you to just remember this now. He that dwells in the secret place, no evil shall befall him, nor shall any plague come near his dwelling. I think we need to take walking in love toward other people more seriously. There's many benefits to walking in love. One of them is it keeps you healthy. It keeps you in a position in your faith where you can receive the things that God wants you to have way easier. Turn to Galatians 5 for time's sake. Galatians chapter 5. Um, No, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to be um, reading this book in a few days. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 8. I think the devil, I I think he knows that walking in love will keep us immune from his attacks and cause our faith to work really good. So that's one of the things he fights the most is trying to get us offended, uh, walking in unforgiveness, having ill will towards somebody, animosity, hard feeling, because he knows if I can get them stepping out of love, I have access to them. Aren't you glad if you step out of love, you can get right back in by saying, Lord, forgive me? And just get right back in. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8, what, what, is, what are we talking about? The Bible says in verse 8, Let us who are of the day, see, we're not of the night anymore, we're of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. What's a breastplate? It's a protective piece of armor to keep you from dying on the battlefield. What is the breastplate? Faith and love. I don't know if you realize this or not, but faith and love is the New Testament commandment. No, Pastor, don't you mean it's the New Testament commandments? No, it's the New Testament commandment. Kind of like two sides of a coin. Heads and tails. Same coin, two sides. One without the other doesn't do much for you. Faith and love is the number one thing that we're supposed to be involved with in our Christian life. 
John said it like this, this is his commandment, that we believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. That is the whole requirement of the New Testament Christian. Oh, what about the Ten Commandments, Pastor? If you're walking in love, you won't violate one of them. Um, so say a breastplate of faith and love. All right, so now do this with me. Go to Galatians 5. In verse 6, I think we need to take walking in love a little bit more serious because it's messing up our faith when we don't. And faith is how you receive healing. Faith is how you walk in health. Faith is how you get your needs met financially. So here it says, in Jesus Christ, New Testament, in Jesus Christ, circumcision doesn't avail anything nor uncircumcision. So don't, don't be thinking circumcision or uncircumcision is going to get you very far. Here's what's going to get you something. Faith, which works by love. How many want your faith to work? You definitely want your faith to work if sickness attacks you. You definitely want your faith to work if you want to live in health. You definitely want your faith to work if you're going to live in protection. Right? Well, if you want your faith to work, it works by love. All right? Now, I can give you testimonies of people who were healed of terminal cancer, not when they were prayed for, but when they finally forgave somebody that they needed to forgive. Are you following, following me? Sometimes people need inside adjustments before they can be healed, not just another laying on of hands. Actually, we do people an injustice at times to lay hands on them when these internal adjustments are needed because it messes with their faith, they don't get results, and they think prayer doesn't work. I mean, like, the Lord is so cool, He wants to help us. And if it's not another prayer that we need, we need to go with what He says will help us. Um, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to receive communion in a second, but I tell you what, before you, yeah, turn to 1 Corinthians 11, but um, we need to receive communion in just a few minutes. I want to read you a couple things that I think you need to hear, and I need to hear right now about walking in love, since walking in love is the secret place. If you don't walk in love toward others, your faith won't work. It's just the way God's designed the system. If you want your faith to work, as much as lieth in you, get things right with people that you need to get right with. Walking in love has a lot to do with receiving your healing. Sometimes people need to make an adjustment in their love walk before they can receive their healing. Needed changes before receiving healing. If hands are laid on you for healing, and we believe in this, and no healing, look on the inside and see if you're out of line with God's Word somewhere. Because things should happen if hands are laid on you. It's hard to claim God's promises when you know you're not walking in love. Some people need to forgive or get something straightened out with another person before they can receive healing. Some people were healed without prayer when they got their heart right and made amends. Their illness disappeared completely without prayer. Many failed to receive healing because they don't want to straighten things out with others. Choosing to not walk in love gives the devil a foothold in your life. And these are not the only reasons for problems in people's bodies, but it's some of them. And just listen to the Lord if it's you. 
Um, Brother Hagen talks about a couple, a young couple who had some young children. One of the children was a, a girl and she was three years old. She had seizures so bad that even the specialist said in 30 years we've never seen anybody with seizures this bad. And this woman had a problem uh, walking in love toward her mother-in-law. She said, I hate my mother-in-law. Well, the Bible says if you're a Christian and you hate your mother-in-law, you're a murderer in heart. And actually, it goes on to say, if you really hate somebody, uh, there's no eternal life abiding in you. You're really not even saved. But this woman did have the love of God in her, but she wasn't letting it dominate her. She was listening to her flesh and, and just circumstances. She said, I hate my mother-in-law. But she said, when I said that, something was scratching me on the inside. And Brother Hagin said, that was the love of God saying, you don't hate your mother-in-law. That's just your flesh rising up and dominating you right now. So she got things right with her mother-in-law. And she said, you know what, Brother Hagin, I love her. And, and then they started telling this testimony about their little three-year-old girl who they couldn't figure out why the seizures couldn't be healed. And, and she, um, Brother Hagin said, well, listen, you need to just repent for, you know, saying what you said about I hate my mother-in-law. Start walking in love towards your mother-in-law. And then tell the devil to take his hands off your three-year-old girl who's having seizures because you're in a position now of serving the Lord. And God said, I'll bless your bread and your water. I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. Uh, and the number of your days I will fulfill. And she said, I did it, Brother Hagen, and it worked. I told the devil, I said, devil, take your hands off my daughter. I'm walking in love. And she was healed. Yeah, she grew up to be a beautiful woman uh, in the church, and she, she was totally healed. But she said, I, I couldn't claim that when I knew I was violating love in some of these other areas. I couldn't boldly claim it. Like, and you have to boldly claim some stuff because the devil sometimes doesn't let go easily. You've got to boldly claim it. The devil, take your hand. And again, she wasn't talking about being perfect. She just said she repented for not walking in love, claimed the blessings of walking in love, and she, her daughter was totally healed. How many know there's times you shouldn't lay hands on people for healing? Sometimes you should. There's times you, then other times you shouldn't. Laying hands on people when they need to make an adjustment in their heart will only hinder their faith because nothing will happen. Say it again. Laying hands on people when they need to make an adjustment in their heart will only hinder their faith because nothing will happen. You can't boldly rebuke the devil if you're giving him place at the same time. And herein the, the wise saying, we'll say it again. Filling the bathtub with water can't take the place of plugging the drain. Come on, we got to make sure some of these other things are taken care of, not just more prayer, right? More hearing. Sometimes you got to just make a few adjustments. So, so before we receive communion, go to 1 Corinthians 11 and verse, um, I think it's verse 29 and 30. So we got communion here tonight. You know, you can be healed on communion Wednesday. It's so powerful what, what communion represents. Here it says, Paul's talking about communion in the church. He says, He that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks condemnation or judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. How does that pan out? Next verse. For this cause. Now Paul's talking to Christians in the church setting. He said, for this cause. Talking to church people. Hey guys, you want to know why a lot of you are weak physically? Do you want to know why a lot of you are sick? Do you want to know why a lot of you are dying young? That's a good question. Yeah. 
I remember asking the Lord that one time on my way to a Wednesday night service years ago. Lord, why are there so many Christians sick when, when the scripture says, by your stripes we were healed? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Jesus took my infirmities, carried my sicknesses and diseases. Why? And he said, why? He said this right here. The reason many Christians are sick is because of verse 29. Not discerning the Lord's body. If you'll read this entire chapter, and we're not going to do it now because we've got to close, you'll find out that Paul addressed two things in this chapter. Number one, the body of Christ literally, and the body of Christ, the church, made up of believers, and how they were treating one another. They were not walking in love with one another. They were coming and getting drunk when they were supposed to be having church. Others were starving. They didn't have anything. They weren't walking in love. There's all these violations of love going on. And Paul said that one of the reasons you're sick is because you're, you're not discerning the Lord's body. I'm part of the Lord's body. I'm a member of the body. You're part of the Lord's body. The people in this room are part of the Lord's body. How we treat one another is how we treat the Lord. Because we are the body of Christ. There's a twofold meaning here. So he was saying a lot of you are sick because number one, you're not discerning that by Jesus' stripes you were healed. Discern that. And number two, you're not discerning one another and you're not walking in love toward one another. Kind of like this. If, if Matthew is a part of the body of Christ and I'm at odds against him and I'm trying to get healed from Jesus at the same time, but I'm at odds with Jesus at the same time, how does that work? How can you receive from Jesus when you're in strife with Jesus at the same time, which would be one of his kids in his body? So I just wanted to show you that. So just if, if you have any strife in your life or if you have any unforgiveness, if there's anything you need to get right, God will manifest healing in your body right now tonight because he knows you're going to get that right later. Kind of like healing you on credit. You know what I mean? So as we receive communion right now, let's just make sure if there's any heart adjustments that need to take place, let's just, let, let's just adjust. If we need to, you know, write a letter to somebody and say, forgive me, even though it was their fault. Um, or I forgive you. Then maybe we should just make those adjustments right now in our heart and make sure that we're not holding any ill will, animosity, or hard feeling toward anyone. And I know you in your own power can't do this, but the love of God in you can do it. So let's yield to that love. Right? Let's get any adjustments right on the inside. And the Lord will forgive you and He'll help you. And He'll. There's nothing that can stop us from being healed and walking in health except us being unwilling to do some of the things He wants us to do. So, Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.